Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. We've been missing you. So God's still been blessing us. I really enjoyed writing that stuff. And I hope that many people will be blessed by it. It's Bible readings and comment and themes and texts for the year. So I hope you enjoy it. There's 332 pages in it. Uh, and I pray that God will bless it. Um, Sheila was talking about uh, renewal. She read 2 Chronicles 7. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. That's the, the four elements of revival are there. First one is prayer. Revival comes at the end of prayer when you study any history of revival. Prayer's at the heart of it. Um, when you finish praying, we need to pray that God will bless and God will move and God will change the awful situations that we find ourselves in. You see the news. I can sympathise now more with one of my, bre- my, my fellow school teachers who used to up, go upstairs when the six o'clock news went on. He was so upset. Revival comes at the end of prayer. Prayer is the first thing. Fire is the second thing. Fire burns. It's a powerful energy. And the fire of God, when it comes, fire sensitizes. That's a good thing as well. And God, fire purifies. It burns away impurities. And when the fire of God falls, that happens to us. God purifies us. And there's prayer, fire, possessions, the third thing. It consumed the burnt offering um, and the sacrifices. And uh, possessions are a vital part of revival. People recognize revival when it comes. You know, folks were walking from Kosaith to Cambus Lang in the 18th century to go to revival services. And George Whitfield preached to 10,000 in Cambus Lang in the 1730s um, and the folk there recognised the, the possession of God and Colsaithi recognised the possession of God because they had all these cobblestones and all you could hear in the morning was the clatter of tackety boots on the cobblestones for an open air prayer meeting before they went to work at 6 o'clock in the morning when God comes we are possessed by God and uh, Paul writes about it in Romans 12 doesn't he um, I appreciate you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, um, possessed by God. Um, so there's prayer, fire, possession, and then there's glory. That's the fourth thing. The glory of the Lord filled the Lord's, filled the temple, filled the Lord's house. Um, and glory is a wonderful thing. Because um, when Moses came down from the mountain, they recognized in his face the glory of God um, the word glory is uh, it's from the verb to be heavy you wouldn't believe to be heavy there are a few stative verbs in Hebrew most of the verbs are active verbs but there are a few verbs that express a state of mind um, and to be heavy <laughs> is one uh, of the words uh, is, is translated glory because it's like a king with all his robes and all his finery on and when God comes to his people the glory of God is seen in his people the people knew that Moses had been with God when he came down the mountain and uh, it's wonderful to think of all this so I'm going to speak uh, this morning 
Oh, it was quite interesting to hear Sheila um, and uh, I was quite interested because it's a whole story of Christ's revelation to us um, in uh, John chapter 21 if you have a Bible with you you want to look at it or just listen we'll read the first 14 verses of John 21 uh, an encouraging passage of scripture post Easter Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. And early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there, with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you've just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was, how the third, this was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So here is the Lord Jesus appearing to another lot. The, the, the gospel accounts are so widely varied. There's no question of uh, hoodwinking the people. <laughs> It's impossible that Jesus should meet with so many individuals and groups. And Paul lists it all in 1 Corinthians 15, and he meets with this group. It's a wonderful postscript at the end of John's Gospel, which doesn't appear in the other Gospels. And Jesus reveals himself to his followers. We want him to reveal, to reveal himself to us today. And to reinstate us for Christian service. Um, Christ's revelation came at a surprising time. It was, first of all, a revelation in desertion. They're all good runners when Jesus needed them near him. They'd all forsaken him and fled, it says in the Gospels. And now they were returning to their old haunts, back fishing again. I go fishing. And they all went fishing at the instigation of Peter in verse 3 here. Fishing for fish now seemed more attractive than fishing for men. Remember the Lord Jesus said to them, from now on you'll catch men and women of course. Um, do you ever feel like giving up 
giving up Christian service. I mean, look at these guys round about us. They wash their cars. They do their gardens. They walk their dog. What else do they do? <laughs> um, you know, and it would be a lot more easy on us if we gave up and just settled for walk, walking the dog and washing the car and doing the garden. It's a lot less hassle, isn't it? But in Christian work, we've got to work. We've got to work for Jesus. And a lot of folk, and a lot of folk that I know and over the years, and you too, um, have given up the Christian life. Give up. That's the word that comes to so many folk. And they give up. But God wants to reveal himself to us through the Lord Jesus again and again in fresh ways. It was a revelation in desertion. And there was a revelation in disappointment. Because your thoughts in Christian service are sometimes fueled by how others have disappointed you. And your church folk have let you down. Folk that you reckoned would be stalwarts of the faith with you have, have disappointed you. Um, you know you're one of the unsung heroes in the church. You're one of the few folks that work in a church. In Lamhill Mission we used to have a workers tea the first Saturday of every year and uh, they didn't have members there, they had workers. <laughs> and uh, an old lady said if it really was a workers tea you could hold it in the vestry. <laughs> in most churches there's just a few folk do the work. And yet the Lord Jesus wants to come to us, even if we're disappointed in others and the church leadership don't appreciate you and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, you're in the business of making silk purses out of size years, the folk you have to deal with sometimes in church life and even with young lives. Um, shaping young lives um, can tire you out and uh, they, they are to be the most effective and reliable people in the church of the next generation even though they say daft things at times and then folk forget about your church notices or get them wrong or uh, the, the church secretaries quite often get things wrong you get disappointed in people sometimes some loutish fellow has let you down um, and Jesus knows all about this you know uh, he can re reveal himself to you even in disappointment as well as in desertion. And there's also, to be frank, a revelation in disobedience. This, these disciples, Jesus had called them to be fishers of men and uh, they were out of God's will. One of the most dangerous things or places to be is to be out of God's will. Very bad. Amen. It's difficult. The, the happiest time in your life is when you know you're in God's will and people get blessed through your ministry. Um, and uh, when, I think it was uh, Sidlow Baxter, I'm getting old now, you know, I forget things. <laughs> Sidlow Baxter, when he, he's writing about this passage, he says, uh, if only the devil could have sunk that boat the church would be finished. You know, all these disciples were in one boat. He could have sunk, if, if the devil could have sunk that boat, well, it was curtains well for the church. Um, but you know, the glorious thing about God 
as it comes along, even in our disobedience, in our disappointment, in our desertion, and it comes to us. And the only safe place to be as a Christian today is to be in the centre of God's will, not taking to the lifeboats in a sea of disobedience. So that's Christ's revelation, a revelation of desertion and disappointment and disobedience. And then there's Christ's instruction. Now Jesus comes to us as our teacher. The word rabbi occurs a lot in the Gospels. Rabbi means my dear one. My dear one. Rab means great or my great one. Um, Rabbi, the E is a personal pronoun suffix. Put on the word rab, okay, so rabbi, it's no rabbi, it's rabbi or rabbi. It means my great one. And you get rabbi quite a lot for the, for the Lord Jesus. He was a, a rabbi from Nazareth. <clears throat> but in John's Gospel, there's a title used of him once, Rabboni. Mary, Mary of Magdalene, uh, when she meets him from the tomb, she's the first lady to whom he revealed himself first from the tomb. And she says, Rabboni, which means, it's a term of affection. My dear great one. That's what it means. My dear great one. And that's the Lord who wants to come. He wants to enroll us in his school. And to make us understand the important things of the gospel. Every year the TV used to show the life of Christ. The film, remember, uh, Robert Powell, The Life of Christ. And after, after Easter holidays, there were always children who would say to me, Ah, that was your time, sir, over Easter, wasn't that? They had sat and watched the whole of that film through, and they recognised the importance of Easter. Even these children that didn't know the Lord, they recognised the importance of Easter and the Lord Jesus coming as a living saviour, the living teacher. He wants us to obey his call. He wants us to share his life. He wants us to learn his ways. He wants us to know his mind. In all of these areas of life, he wants to move in and take over. Um, a boy said to me once, uh, are you truly happy, sir? <laughs> and I said, that's a strange question coming from, I remember the boy's name, but I wouldn't give it. <laughs> that's a strange question. This is one of the headmasters. He hates this guy. <laughs> 15 year old. I said, why do you ask me that? And he said, uh, well, I asked old Wolfie and he told me to ask you. Old Wolfie, by the way, Glasgow children are a bit disrespectful at times. And uh, Old Wolfie was Mr. Barry Wilson, the principal phys uh, the physics teacher. He said, ask Mr. Mitchell, happiness is his department. How's <laughs> 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 that, eh? And uh, he says, is that because you've got the joy of Jesus in your heart, son? And I thought, that's, that's why. I said, ah, but you've got it in one, son, you know. Uh, you've got it in one but uh, the Lord Jesus comes to us and he wants us to enroll in his school and to know the value of his instruction 
Well, the first part of it is um, <clears throat> he revealed their shortcomings. He revealed their shortcomings, the instruction of Christ. Friends, have you any fish? There is a fisherman. We need fish. Can you imagine it? Fishermen with no fish. And they've been fishing all night and they caught nothing. What a crowd of haddies. Um, they caught nothing. No, let's face it. Without him we're no use. Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. In John chapter 15. Without him we are no use. And there can be no progress until we recognize this. And there's all sorts of theories now about the church and how it should be run. The, um, the Americans are producing books galore all about it as usual. Um, but let's face it, if we have no Christ with us, if Jesus is not there among us, and re- Jesus is reaching out to Africa, to Zambia, and uh, I have to speak about uh, Kenya a week on Tuesday and they asked for a title I said Thinking Black there was a missionary many years ago called Dan Crawford and he wrote a big book about that thick called Thinking Black which I thought was a brilliant title for the book it meant this man had taken the, the black ethos to heart and he would moved alongside them in his thinking so that uh, he would understand their needs and bring them the gospel. And I got a phone call from the secretary in the church. Is there a mistake in this title, she says? Uh, should it not be thinking back? And I said, no, it's thinking black. Because there's a lot of black people in Africa. <laughs> and we need, to be, we need to be thinking about them. Just keep that title, will you? thinking black um, and if Jesus is not with us we've had it um, we can't do a thing it reversed their skills that's the second thing it revealed their shortcomings it reversed their skills they're not stupid people these disciples they were, they were, some of them had a fish business some folk think it's, some of Jesus' disciples were a, a, a corporation that sold uh, fish to the temple staff and at the temple they were not stupid they were experienced fishermen they did not usually take instruction from a stranger on the shore Um, but in their inadequacy they had to recognize it from a different vantage point this stranger had a different perspective than they had where the work and the shoal of fish were to be had and that's probably true. The Lord Jesus, where he was, had a better view of things than they had in the boat. Um, let's face it, we've got to recognize Jesus as Lord, who sees the end from the beginning in our lives. And sometimes you just, you marvel at the intervention of God through prayer in your life. And you, when you look back, you think, the Lord knew about that. The Lord intervened in that. The Lord led in that. Absolutely wonderful. Um, I told you how the Lord led Joanna Peacock in the streets of Dumbarton one day 
when she met with a retired consultant surgeon who was about to buy a football team and uh, she, she told him about where she'd been working in the, the boundaries of Nepal and North Bihar in India and uh, the, the hospital had fallen, it was really fallen on bad days, they had to virtually, they were working still but they needed a new hospital and she told about how the children ate clods of grass to fill their tummies and cried themselves to sleep every night with hunger pains and she said could you give me when she'd been a, a, a youngster this wee boy his mother had died and she'd looked after the wee boy when he was a wee boy and lost track of him and she said would you consider making a donation for the, new, for the hospital at Raxall it was built in the 1930s by Dr Cecil Duncan of Scott the Duncan Hospital and so two weeks later a cheque for half a million pounds came into the missionary society half a million pounds he didn't buy the team. <laughs> he, he fed the children in North Bihar and the hospital was finished and they were able to buy new equipment they were able to increase the staff half a million pounds goes a long way uh, and some of the folk, remember in Africa, I wouldn't drink the tea at <laughs> tea break time. I wasn't keen in the water. And uh, I used to get a, a, a bottle of Coca Cola or something instead of tea. And I, I spoke to this guy, one of the boys, that's a, he does odd jobs about the place, and I just looked at him. And he was an orthodentist nightmare. His teeth. And uh, his clothes were in rags. Uh, his shoes were made from a car tire cut up and nailed together and and I, get, I bought him juice and a cake, juice and a bun, a couple of buns one day and then the next day and the third day he said to me could I get bread please? I said give, could you give George, his name was George, <laughs> I said could you give George some bread? And she gave him three slices of bread and I backed off and just watched how quickly the bread vanished. He was starving. And I was giving him cakes. You know, just didn't understand. And the Lord Jesus understands. He sees the end from the beginning in our lives. The areas in which we think we are strong are precisely the areas where we need to defer to his leadership and vision for our lives. Only then... Can there be a fruitful outcome when you think about the Lord? We just don't know. We need the Lord with us to help us to understand what's going on. The end from the beginning. And the Lord can give us a fruitful outcome in whatever we do. It revealed our shortcomings. It reversed our skills. It says, put, the, put the, the nets out the other side of the boat. The Lord taught them, the carpenter taught the fishermen how to catch fish. The Lord Jesus wants us to defer to his lordship and his vision for our life. The other thing was, it reawakened their sins. Because in the presence of Jesus they realised their own sinfulness, their own disobedience, and so on. One jumped into the water and they became very uneasy when the cry went up, it is the Lord. In his searing presence, sin has to be faced up to and renounced. 
You know, repentance in the Bible, I think it's only three times in the Old Testament repentance is mentioned. It's always a verb. It's not a noun. It's not static. It's dynamic. Belief, faith and repentance are all active things. And we've got to keep going back to the Lord and we've got to keep repenting and we've got to keep committing ourselves to what he wants from us. He says, don't do it that way, do it this way. And he redirects us quite often. It's wonderful. And so, we've got Christ's revelation, Christ's instruction, Christ's provision. That's the third thing. One of the greatest things in the Christian life is that God looks after us, doesn't he? You are his concern. Casting all your care upon him because he cares about you. That's the message of 1 Peter 5, 7. It's reassuring for us to think when we come to Jesus any time to think that he will look after us as he provided for the disciples in this incident. Remember once my mother wrote me a letter from Apostle Park. Dear George, I am skint. <laughs> could you help me and I had 20 pounds in my bank at that time that was the post office savings bank in London and I was going away the weekend for half term to Virginia Water in Surrey to a lovely bungalow and I had only 20 pounds in the bank my mum was skint so I sent her 10 pounds and uh, I thought, Lord, how will I manage for the weekend with £10? Um, and the bloke, the Christian man that gave us hospitality every half term, a wonderful man, he said, you can come in one condition, George, bring an overseas student with you. I used to take the Vietnamese boy living tight with me. And it was absolutely wonderful. Anyway, I sent my mother £10. The following day, what did I get in the post? A money order for £20 from somebody. And I thought, that's God's amazing provision. Isn't it wonderful? He looks after us. Think about God's provision for them here. It came in a context of marvellous care. Here they were, unsatisfied unfulfilled, weary, hungry, needy, cold. You make a big list of the state they were in. They were in the worst state in Texas. And Jesus had prepared a fire of burning coals with fish and some bread. I don't know where the fish came from before they brought the fish on shore, but he was he was ahead of the game. Um, verse 9. And he invited them, come and have breakfast. You know, that was great, wasn't it? They're all in an awful state after a night's fishing and no fish. Come and have breakfast. And he cooked for them. And he fed them. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful Saviour. He came in a context of marvellous care. It came, Christ's provision came in a context of mutual cooperation. He says, bring some of the fish that you've got, put it in the fire. And we'll have it with my fish, you know. The, the, the two of them, the, the two groups together, Jesus as Lord. He masterminded the whole thing. He wants us to be his partners in service. And to know that uh, we're in the Lord's army. <laughs> we sing, 
really in the Lord's army. But in the Lord's army, it came in context of marvellous care and it came in context of masterly control. Jesus was Lord here and he masterminded the whole event from beginning to end, including the personal talk to Peter. The whole thing here for this point is that we could look to him. We've got responsibilities to follow him. Um, Later on, he tells Peter, you must follow me. Let's look to him. Let's listen to him. Let's luxuriate in his provision as we give ourselves to him for the time ahead let's pray Lord we thank you for our wonderful saviour we thank you that he came to die for us on the cross he shed his blood he yielded his young life to God the father as an act of sacrifice and we thank you that he comes to us today and he wants to guide us through life to teach us to ensure us of his presence at every moment of every day pray for those with special needs this week that you'll be near to them and we pray Lord for those who have burdens in their heart that you will help to find the burden bearer the Lord Jesus Christ to bear their burden and to make it light for his name's sake Amen